Hey, y'all, and welcome to Psych Now the Podcast, where your curiosity is encouraged to soar and nothing is a coincidence. Welcome, y'all, to season one, episode one. Round of applause, round of applause. Get hype, get hype, get hype. It is the first episode, first season of Psych Now the Podcast. And it has been a journey. Like, I'm that type of person, I have to like feel like it's the right time. Like, my gut. She tells me what I need to do, okay? Your intuition, your gut, all that is going to lead you. So I've been, I I first started off with like a YouTube channel and then I always knew I wanted to do like a podcast because podcasts just seem so much more like down to earth, more like you have a better connection with your host. So podcasting just seems so much more like me. So I was just like waiting for the perfect time when the idea came to my mind. Um, I knew I wanted to do a podcast. Um, talking about like certain things but I didn't want it to be super broad so I was like okay I gotta wait until like I really hone in on like what I want to like focus on so psych naw is a play on words um I'm not a psychologist I'm gonna say that now first episode get it off the table I'm not a psychologist y'all um I do have a bachelor's degree I'm a marketer technically I am a marketer and I have a minor in digital art um so yeah, I'm not a psychologist, just so y'all know, just to get that off the off the table. <laughs> um, but I've always been very intrigued by psychology. Um, like I say, like I want your guys' curiosity to soar. Like nothing is a coincidence. Our brains have neurons. They're literally wired a specific way. Like majority of the things that happen to us, our brains had a big part to do with it. Um, and just like the nature of being a human, like the essence of just being a human being, like we're freaking creatures on this planet. Like, just don't get me started. I'm not gonna go in that deep, but the psych not part of the podcast, the play on words, um, it's like a psychological thing behind it as well. So, if you know me, Karen Kern, let's go with Kern because we already know 2020 ruined all the Karen names. <laughs> um, but I literally say psych after everything, like. Like, no, I'll make a joke. I'm like a dark humor type of person. I say psych no after literally every joke, even if it's true. Like, it could be like, yo, that shirt is trash. And everyone knows it's trash. But, like, it's my friend. And I'm like, all right, psych, psych. Like, psych no, cracking up. Everyone's laughing because we're like, we're not taking it serious. It's not like, oh, my God, Karen, you're so freaking rude. Like, but the people pleasing in me has to say psych after every joke. Like, my friends know I'm joking. My friends know I'm not bullying them. Like, it's not like that. But deep back in my head, it's like the people pleasing side is like, okay, but I don't want them to feel like go home at night and be like, wow, my shirt is really ass. Like, you just don't know what's going on with people behind the scenes. So it's like a part of me being nice, but a part of me is also being a people pleaser because it's like, I don't have to. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God. Don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, just say the joke. Like, you're ruining the joke at this point. But, um. That's like one of my people pleasing tendencies. Um, and my friends are like, Karen, we know it's for real. Like we see it ourselves with our plain eyes. But I still, it's such a bad habit. I want to break it. But hey, it brought me to here to psych and all the podcasts. So it's a play on words. Um, play on words as in psych, S-I-K-E. Psych, you know, back in the day, psych, 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 no, JK, just kidding. But yeah, so that's the background of psych and all the podcast, how it came about. Um, so, like, I am going to be talking a lot about, like, psychology and, like, why we do the things we do as human beings. Um, and, you know, diving deep into, like, different topics, definitely going to have a people-pleasing episode because 
I'm trying to break my people pleasing habits because I've seen in my adult life how it's hindered me. Um, and like other topics as well, I'm going to go into uh, this first episode is going to be about like just fun, lighthearted, psychological fun facts. Um, I just wanted to get into it, kind of like do a little icebreaker episode. So let's get right into this episode. I don't want to talk y'all heads off, um, you know. My intention and hopes for this podcast is just that, you know, I can build an audience. We can learn from each other. Um, you know, I'm learning with you guys. Like every topic that I go through, I'm going to research and like figure out certain things and like things you wouldn't think of, you know, when you're like thinking of people pleasing or, um, you know, being codependent, things like that. And I'm going to have like some fun ones too. Like I'm planning on doing an episode of like why you hate your birthday because don't even get me started with birthdays. <laughs> um, things like that. So we're going to get into some nitty gritty stuff. But let's jump into the self-awareness question for this episode. Um, this first question is what type of people do I enjoy spending my time with? So I would definitely say I'm going to do enjoy spending my time with and the people that like qualities of people that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with that in my life. <laughs> um, so definitely optimistic people. Um, I truly wholeheartedly believe you think yourself into negativity. Like if you're focusing on negativity all the time, that's what you're going to see in your life because your brain is focusing on that. Um, so I'll definitely love my optimistic people, um, people who are open-minded uh, cool, you know, being close-minded is just not the wave. We live on a floating rock. So if you're close-minded while living on a floating rock in the middle of a galaxy, just doesn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> I love funny people. Like, I can laugh for hours. I honestly, funny should have been number one. Like, hilarious, jokesters, dark humor, all that. I love it. Um... People who, um, I would have to, I'm going to say one more. Definitely reflective people because if you're just going day to day, like just going through the motions and you're not reflecting on your life, on what's happened, I just feel like that's not constructive. Like you're not really working towards something specific. Like not saying you have to reflect on every minute of every day, like, Bro, you're going to go crazy. But definitely uh, reflective people. And I would have to say, too, um, independent people um, that feel like people. Well, I guess I'll kind of put that in the category of, like, what I don't like. I don't like when people are super, like, suffocating. like, And it, and it really could just be with anyone. It could be with their friends, whatever. But, like, people who are just suffocating, clingy type energy, I can't deal with that. Like, it makes me feel suffocated. I don't like it. I can't deal with it. Um, people who are super controlling, oh, my gosh, it grinds my gears. <laughs> Literally grinds my gears because why are you trying to control every little outcome? Like, at the end of the day, life is life. Go with the flow. Like, you cannot control everything that happens in your life. And if you think you can, you're literally going to go crazy. And by the time you realize that you can't, you've already gotten yourself into a rut. It's a dub. Like, I just know. Controlling, I can't do controlling. Like, people will literally try to control, like, to the T, like someone else's outfit. Like, no. I'm going to do what I want regardless, so leave me alone. I don't do the controlling. And um, 
I want to say people who are, I don't want to, okay, I want to be very tactful when I say this. People who are, like, really extra, but, like, I guess that could be broken down into, like, a lot of different things. Like, over-opinionated, like, you're just over-sharing your opinion when no one gives up. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Like, just being extra in general. Like, everything has to be over the top, extra. And it's, I love when that's your personality. Like, when you're someone who's like that and that's who you truly are deep down. But, like, some people are just extra to the point where, like, they just need to be heard. They need, like, that's just, it's just giving attention-seeking to me. So, like, I would have to say people are just unnecessarily extra. Like, if that's who you are and, like, you really flaunt that and that's, like, your brand, be that person. I love that if you're true about who you are. But, like, some people are just overly extra and don't even have, like, a understanding of, like, okay, you need to, like, relax. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. But, um, yeah, definitely that. I, and I'm, I'm a very, um, like, people I enjoy spending my time with, I'm a very versatile person. I'm able to spend time with a lot of different type of personalities. Um, but those, like, extra overbearing personalities are the ones I struggle with a little bit more. But I love spending time with people. I honestly, like, that's why we're on this earth to interact. So that is our self-awareness question of the episode. And we're going to get into some psychological fun facts. So the first one I found for us to talk about um, is social media is psychologically designed to be addictive. So the snippet says, told yourself you just quickly check your Facebook notifications and 15 minutes later, you're still scrolling. You're not alone. Part of that has to do with infinite scroll. When you can stay on the site without actually interacting and clicking, your brain doesn't get that stop cue. So when I read this, I'm like, bro, this is why I've like tried to take a few social media breaks, but it really is addicting. And like I'm someone who's huge on not letting myself feel like I need something, being dependent on anything. Um, and it's so true. Like your brain doesn't get a stop cue. Like your story, like I've never been able to watch all my stories and finish them all and like all the bubbles be gray. Like I've never been able to do that. There's endless, endless, endless posts that you can look at. You just keep refreshing. Um, yeah, like there's no stop. But if you go on to something more specific, Let's say you're doing an app or playing a game like, yeah, there's not really a stop cue, but usually like by like six levels of a game, you're like, all right. I mean, technically with video games, they're pretty addicting, too. That's why people be on it. till like eight in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like just that stop cue. Um, I think the difference between games, though, is like when you reach a level, it's kind of more like, OK, oh, I did that level. Do I have another one in me? Do I not? But like stories and stuff it's like they just keep rolling and rolling and rolling so it's crazy to think the infinite scroll thing like it really is addicting and I definitely definitely try to take social media breaks y'all I definitely encourage it you learn a lot about yourself and then it just reminds me I was born in 98 so it's up to y'all if y'all want to consider me a 90s baby it don't really matter to me I know what I remember (laughs) um but yeah like just remembering enjoying life outside majority of my childhood and then like thinking now as an adult that we're like always scrolling on social media it's like crazy to me because as an now that I'm an adult I'm like whoa why am I like outside but no like being in nature is so important I try to like do certain hikes and stuff because being on these phones all the time is not natural like it's not human nature technically um 
So definitely take them breaks, y'all. Take them breaks. Um, the next one I found was we'd rather skew the facts than change our beliefs about people. Um, so the snippet was humans hate cognitive dis- dissonance. I suck at pronouncing stuff, y'all. Um, when a fact counters something we believe. That's why when we hear that a loved one did something wrong or garbage, we undermine how badly it really was. Or we tell ourselves that science exaggerates when a study tells us we really need to move more. So, yeah, bro, I've done this so many times. Y'all, I'm like the most stubborn person. <laughs> I'm getting better, but I'm very stubborn. So, like, even when it says, like, exaggerates when a study tells us we really need to move more, like, they're like 10,000 steps. Like, come on now. Like, who about to do that? But it's true, y'all. Most of this stuff, like, I'm not saying believe things blindly, but a lot of times things will be factual and people are like, I don't care. Like, no, I don't believe that. That's not in my beliefs. I don't care. Like, it could literally be like, let's say, like a, a orange ball. And they're like, I don't care. The ball is pink. And they're like, bro, it's orange. But that also goes hand in hand with like, Oh, don't even get me started on this. The perception of truth, like how we perceive the truth. So like that person could literally be colorblind and we're telling them it's not, it's orange. And they're like, bro, it's freaking pink and they're colorblind. I don't even know like the technical things of being colorblind, but like their reality, their truth, their reality is that it is pink because their eyes are unable to perceive orange. But our reality, our truth is that it's orange. So it's like, just because majority of the population thinks that it's orange, their reality is showing them that it's pink. So regardless, that's their truth. That's my truth. That's my belief, whatever, whatever. But this is mostly saying like, if something's really true, like one plus one equals two, like you can't tell me it equals six. There's no fucking way one plus one equals six, bro. But someone could really be walking around this earth like, bro, one plus one equals six. I don't care what you say. But as humans, we definitely um, do that. Um, or even how it says, like, a loved one did something wrong. We undermine how bad it really was. Because it's like, yeah, like, it's someone I love. So, you know, it's not that bad. Like, I kind of understand them. I've known them all my life. You know, it's like they've been through a lot. They're going to, like, push that narrative. But if it's, like, a complete stranger and they did the same thing and we're like, bro, they freaking, they, they're crazy as hell. Like, what's going on? Very true. I believe it. I believe it because I feel like I've done it for people I love and care about. But that's what led me to eventually like, oh, these people, because it's like, I don't care. What's wrong is wrong, period. Point blank, period. <laughs> um, we will always, always, always find a problem. Hmm. Let's see what they say. So they say, ever wonder why one problem resolves, another one takes its place? Okay, I thought that was adulting. But let's continue. It's not that the world is against you, but your brain might be in a sense. Researchers ask volunteers to pick out threatening-looking people from computer-generated faces. As we show people fewer and fewer threatening faces over time, we found that they expanded their definition of threatening to include a wider range of faces. In other words, when they ran out of threatening faces to find, they started calling faces threatening that they used to call harmless. Bro. Yeah, we do always, always find a problem. And I feel like, especially because the narrative was like, okay, find something, find the scary, the the threatening, the, the negative faces. So it's like now it's like your brain is just focusing on these negative, like I've just got to find the negative, so the negative, the negative. So then it's like you're making things that are negative that are not even actually negative. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, but that goes back to what I said in the beginning of the episode of um, if you're focusing on negative, you're going to get more negative. But if you're focused on positive, you're going to get more positive. So we already handled that one in the beginning of the episode. Let's not even get started. <laughs> um, we keep believing things even when we know they're wrong. Okay, this one kind of repeated itself. My bad, y'all. But let's see what they say about this snippet. Um, researchers in one science study fed volunteers false information. Then a week later revealed that the facts weren't actually true. Even though the volunteers knew the truth now, fMRI scans show that they still believe the misinformation about half the time. It's one of the psychology, psychology facts to know that could make you smarter. Okay, that really could make you smarter, and I hope this y'all take this with you because even if we know something's wrong, we're gonna keep believing it. And I feel like, don't even get me started with the pandemic, y'all. A lot of that was going on in the pandemic, but... um. I'm not even going to give my opinion on that. We're not going to get too deep. But it's true. Like, you could see the truth. You could literally have it in your hand. And it's like, I don't care because I believed this for two weeks. And that's that on that. Like, at the end of the day, it's concrete. Like, it may, th- knowing this could make you smarter because it takes you out of being so close-minded and understanding that, like, okay, my mind can change. I don't have to stick to, like, First come, first serve information, you know? The next one is when you feel like you're low on something like money, for example, you obsess over it. Bruh. I know. Firsthand. Um, so the snippet that they say is psychologists have found that the brain is sensitive to scarcity. The feeling that you're missing something you need. When farmers have a good cash flow, for instance, they tend to be better planners. Then when they're tight for money, one study found when you're feeling cash strapped, you might need more reminders to pay bills or do chores because your mind is too busy to remember. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Like, even in a relate, like, let's not even do money. Let's do, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, what a partner-to-partner relationship, right? And um, your partner, like, is not taking you on dates, for example. And... Y'all always used to go on dates, but now it's like the scarcity is no more dates. Y'all not going on dates. They're just like chilling, acting like that was not a part of y'all thing. And then now it's like we're not going on dates. So I'm going to keep reiterating that we're not going on dates. I'm going to keep focusing on the fact that we're not going on dates. And now like that just spills on to like a whole bunch of other parts of the relationship. And now I'm mad at you because you're not taking me on dates and you're not blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And now that's like a huge part of the um relationship it's like i'm just focusing now i feel like you're lacking all over because you're not taking me on dates you might be doing everything else the same but now i'm obsessing over the fact that we're not going on dates and it's the dub like you're just making me mad all the time i feel like that's a part of like that's like a thing too like whatever your like scarcity or whatever you're losing out on you know um yeah i think that's so true i think that I mean, these are fa- fun facts. They're facts. They're facts, period. <laughs> so I, I definitely believe in that. Um, This one, y'all, this next one had me cracking up because like, I'm going to tell y'all, and then I'm going to tell y'all why I was laughing. So it's your program to love the music you listen to in high school the most. So I know everyone, hopefully, well, I hope, I don't know. This isn't a fact, but on 
a meme that goes around for years now and it keeps coming back every year and they're like 2016 was the best year like that was the best summer for music all that stuff bro that meme still goes around in 2021 y'all and i feel like this fun fact supports it because that was my senior year of high school i was graduating that year um but a lot of other people i feel like were still in high school or like had just left high school that like still kind of relate to that meme and this snippet like yeah most of my high school music is like that's my ish and if you think about it like our parents when they listen to like those songs that are like their song like back in the day like oh y'all don't know nothing about this like most of the time they were like in high school age when those songs were like big at the time so i a hundred percent believe this um the little snippet behind it is the music we like gives us a hit of dopamine and other feel good chemicals. And that's even stronger when we're young because our brains are developing from around age 12 to 22. Everything feels more important. So we tend to emphasize those years the most and hang on to those musical memories. And it's crazy because. um, Oh, my God, it's crazy, y'all. This one is like out of all of them. This one I feel to the core, bro. Literally the pandemic I was pandemic i was yeah today's 2021 okay now i'm messing up my age okay i was 22 um i turned 22 in january um so when covid hit i was 22 and it says from around age 12 to 22 and i swear y'all throughout the whole pandemic i was literally like bro i'm just this music is just not hitting the way it needs to hit like Is it the pandemic that's making the music all weird? Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe, like, we're all out of whack right now. Maybe the artists are out of whack, blah, blah, blah. But, like, maybe this fact is proving itself that by the time I turn 22, I'm like, bro, this music is trash. Like, I need, they need to give me that old Drake. They need to give me that old um, Kanye. They need to give me that, you know? So, I, this one, I back it up 100%, 100%, for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm 23 now, and don't even get me started on the new albums. Oh, my heart hurts. <sighs> Certified lover boy. Just know it's not my favorite Drake album. But anyways, we're not going to keep proving this fact anymore. I'm not going to do it to Drake. I love Drake, but just saying I'm 23 now, and that album is just not hitting for me the way I thought it was going to hit. But anyways, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> the next one. We unintentionally believe what we want to believe. So humans are victims to something called confirmation bias. A lot of these kind of repeat themselves, but I feel like, you know, maybe they need to be repeated, y'all. Maybe we need to, like, drill it in our brains. It says a tendency to interpret facts in a way that confirms what we already believe. So no matter how many facts you throw at your uncle trying to sway his political opinions, there's a good chance he isn't going to budge. It's one of the psychological facts you'll just have to accept that you can't change. Yeah, bro. I mean, one, if you just can't accept that you can't change people, you need to learn that right now in this moment. Like, just stop for a second, take a pause to be like, look, I can't change other humans. I only have control over myself. Like I said in the beginning, why are people trying to control things? It will never make sense. You're just going crazy. But back to um, we unintentionally believe what we want to believe. Um, Yeah, bro. I mean, all these conspiracy theorists, like, There are some conspiracies I believe in 100%. And my confirmation bias is probably a part of that. I mean, I'm not saying they're not true. I'm just saying I am, like, there's just certain things I believe that other people are going to be like, what? Like, for example, 
literally my sister um I was talking to my sister yesterday and I'm like I love space y'all like I be I was just like watching the SpaceX launch and everything I love me some space okay like just I be watching I was watching China they just landed actually they landed I think it was yesterday um they landed yesterday September 17th Correct me if I'm wrong, but they landed September 17, 2021, and they left three months ago. So I think that was like June, July, August. Yeah, they left. They launched in June, and they landed yesterday. Bro, I be keeping up with this space stuff, okay? Um, I don't believe. I'm not even going to get into all my beliefs. But basically, my sister's like, bro, you really think they be going to space? And I'm like, bro, yes. Bro, don't get me started with space. They be up there, okay? Like, it's no way they just be floating like that. But my sister's like, you know how much you can edit that kind of stuff? And I'm like, okay. There's certain things you can edit, but, like, I don't care. Like, they go to space. That's that on that. Like, I've just seen too many videos. And I just don't believe that these astronauts be lying to me on BuzzFeed. <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. But just like that, like, my sister's like, bro, she's gonna believe what she wants to believe, I'm gonna believe that they go to space, and they be up there, and they be floating, and these rockets be chilling up there, and that's that, like, so, yeah, no one can tell me that people don't go to space, I don't care, I don't, because they're up there, they're floating, bro, they're floating, there's no gravity, but we're not even gonna get too deep, look, I'm very passionate, y'all, but I believe this confirmation bias, for sure, I'm definitely victim to it because people go to space and I don't care. <laughs> um, this one's really interesting because I used to think I was like the best multitasker ever. Um, it says we aren't as good at multitasking as we think we are. Researchers research published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology shows that even when you think you're doing two things at once, what you're actually doing is switching quickly between the two tasks. You're still focusing on one at a time. No wonder it's so hard to listen to your partner while scrolling through Instagram. Um, bro, this is so true because yeah, like you're, let's say I'm like, I used to think I was such a good multitasker when I was a cashier, right? I used to work at Ikea in the food service and I like would be ringing up the stuff. I would be like talking to the customer and then I would be like helping the cashier with her stuff at the same time. But like technically I'm not helping like, I'm not helping the customer while I'm helping them. I'm, like, helping the customer in this instance. And then the next instance, I'm helping my cashier friend. And then I have to go back to help that customer in that instance. Like, I can't physically help them both at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's, like, let's say I'm, like, ringing up two customers under the same ticket. I'm still can't, like, I physically can't check them out exactly at the same time, because I have to still pull up like two different customers. I still have to pull up two different tickets. I still have to ring up their cards two separate times, and I still have to give them the receipts at two separate times. I'm not giving them the receipts at the same exact time and finish at the same exact time. So technically, unless I'm ringing up two customers on one bill with one card, you're doing two different tasks. You're not multitasking. You're just doing two separate tasks, and you're focusing on them at very similar times, but they're not separate times. So yeah, technically, y'all, we, like, I just debunked multitasking, so just do one thing at a time, okay? But, I mean, if your brain just works like that and, like, that's just how you like to get things done, go for it. But 
don't I'm like a big on the stress free life. I'm not about to stress myself out. If I can do something simpler in a simple way, give my brain some brain break, I'm gonna do it. So if multitasking technically I just debunked it, so you're kinda like not being more productive, but yeah. Um the next one. There's a reason we wanna squeeze cute things. Bro, when I read this one, y'all, am I the only one when you like get a puppy in your hand? You literally, I do this thing. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing because I feel it inside of me. And I'm like, why am I like this? I'll literally be, like, I, like, squeeze my lips real tight. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so freaking cute. Like, mm. it just makes me want to, like, squeeze them so hard. And, like, I squeeze my lips. I guess it's, like, me trying to, like, not squeeze the puppy. I'm like, cute like I literally can't contain myself and this one had me crying because ever since I was little when I was little I used to think about it all the time like why am I like this is there something psychologically wrong with me but clearly it's not um this is the the background on it it's so cute I just want to smush it until it pops that's called cuteness aggression and people who feel it don't really want to crush that adorable puppy um Research published in Frontiers in Behavioral Neuroscience found that when we're feeling overwhelmed by positive emotions like we do when we look when looking at an impossibly cute baby animal, a little bit of aggression helps us balance out that high. Oh, so emotional support pets are like OD, like real to the point where we need to level it out with a little bit of negativity. <laughs> um, Y'all. It's so true. I be wanting to squeeze everything. Like, even my big-ass nephew, um, Cuba, he's a cat. Um, even him, he's huge. And I still be trying to, like, squeeze him. Like, yeah. And it's funny because I've seen, like, my grown-ass uncle have the same reaction to this type of stuff. So, period. Cuteness, aggression. A positive. Leveled it out with a negative. Period. <laughs> um. The next one is it takes five positive things to outweigh a single negative thing. So let's just keep proving my negative point from the beginning of this episode because it says our brains have something called a negative bias. Bro, we have so many bias, y'all. So if you act like you don't got bias, you lying. Um, that makes us remember bad news more than good, which is why you quickly forget that your coworker complimented your presentation, but keep dwelling on the fact that a kid at the bus stop insulted your shoes. To feel balanced, we need at least five to one ratio of good to bad in our lives. And that is so true. Like when I was working my nine to five, I could have like an overall great day. Like I could have like got to work on time that day. I could have really like been really productive um and like me and my coworker could have had like a really good time like just cracking up but let my manager make me mad that day like bro you think I'm a robot you think I'm a slave oh my god like my friends like oh how was your day you know what honestly it was cool but like my manager very true y'all it's very true and I feel like that's where a lot of like when when Cause I'm not saying you have to be positive all the time and that's the only way your life is going to be positive. No, like there's just times where life is just hitting you like a ton of bricks. But a lot of times um, our life could be hitting us with um, our life. It could feel like our life is hitting us with 10 bricks. No, it could feel like our, our life could be hitting us with five bricks. Right. But 
if we choose to focus on the five bricks, it's going to feel like 10 bricks. You know what I'm trying to say? So basically, I'm not saying you could like, I'm not saying life is always peachy and perfect, but if you focus on, um, if you're focusing on the five bricks, I think I'm tongue twisting myself, but basically it could only be hitting you with five, but if you keep focusing on the negative, it's going to hit you with 10. But if you, if it's hitting you with five and you, um, make sure to like make light of it as much as you can and like bring it down to like three and a half, you're not going to get, you're literally going to just get hit with actually in reality, not with the emphasized negativity. So five to one ratio, y'all focus on it, period. Honestly, even that is making me want to like, when I like self-reflect certain days, I'm going to like write down the positives of my day, write down the negatives. And if the ratio is a little off, I can really be like, you know what, but I'm going to put two more positives so I can outweigh these negatives for today because we're not letting the negativity gain control. So that's a good little tip, y'all. Self-reflect tip. Um, This one, I'm not going to lie, y'all. This is true for me. We care more about a single person than about massive tragedies. In another University of Pennsylvania study, one group learned about a little girl who was starving to death. Another learned about millions of dying of hunger. And a third learned about both situations. People donated more than twice as much money when hearing about the little girl than when hearing the statistics. And even the group who'd heard her story in the context of the bigger tragedy donated less. Um, Psychologically psychologists think that we're wired to help the people the person in front of us but when the problem feels too big we figure our little part isn't doing much bro that is so true y'all because for example like let's say like 9-11 huge tragedy oh my gosh american people like that's just one of our saddest tragedies and um and then, like, Pearl Harbor, for example, it's, like, it's not that we don't, I'm going to speak for myself, it's not that I don't feel bad, I do, like, bro, that's a lot of people dying at one time, like, but hearing about someone going through, like, a leg transplant, like, down the street from me or something, I'm going to be, like, bro, that's so sad, like, I'm going to go bring them something, like, I don't know. Not that I don't feel bad for the big tragedies, but like they said, like, yeah, we feel too small to, like, help a situation like that. And then also I feel like when tragedies are so big, there's a lot of, like, trust that, you know, like, it's a lot of things that make you not want to trust these organizations and stuff that are, quote, unquote, donating to these tragedies. Like, where is this actually going? Like, who is it directly going to help? I feel like that's the question a lot of humans ask, too, and that's where, like, the trust part comes in. Um... But, you know, that person, and we're reading their story, and, you know, we know where they're from, we know their life story, we know the career they had, and, like, it's like, dang, all their whole life just stopped. Like, that one huge impact and knowing so much deeper and personally knowing so much more, it just makes it, it makes you feel a little bit more empathetic. I'm not saying I'm not empathetic to the big ones, but just all of that in concoction, I definitely believe in that psychological fact. Um, because there's a lot of times when I'm talking about big tragedies and I'm like, why don't I, like, I feel like I should feel more sad. But I think it's because it's like such a big, I feel like when it comes to thinking about things so much bigger than what it is, it's harder for like our brains to kind of process that. I don't know. Um... I have a few ones. I'm going to run through them. They're just like more 
They're just more like funny, like quick ones. Um, the length of your tongue tells about your sexual curiosity. If you can lick your elbows, then it means that you are more willing and opening to trying new experiences. Who can lick their elbow, bro? Tell me. I thought that was impossible. So I guess none of us. That one was just like, what? I was just like, what? I thought that was impossible. I definitely cannot lick my elbow. I definitely can't. Um, tears indicate the reason for one's crying. Um, so the little thing was, if the first teardrop came from the right eye, the person is crying tears of joy. Otherwise, the person is crying tears of pain. So if it comes out your left eye, you're crying tears of pain. Um, I haven't cried recently, so I haven't been able to test it out for y'all. But I also saw this other post. Um, it was like under a microscope, you can see like let's say you put uh, someone was crying because they were laughing and they put the tear under a microscope. The cellular makeup of the tear looked completely different than someone who was crying from grief. And like y'all know how that stuff look under a microscope. That's look crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, like cellularly we're made up of cells y'all so this makes a lot of sense um i don't know how factual it is of what eye it comes out of but i was watching this video yesterday and this girl was crying sad tears was it a, was it i don't know if it was a show no it was a tiktok and she was like on her live crying and she was sad bro and it came out her left eye i swear i even did the whole like you know when you're watching a video and you're like okay well that's not, it's my left, but that's her right. So I had to like turn my body and I'm like, okay, no, a dead ass came out her left eye. But I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. Um, This one's cool. It says a person still has seven minutes of brain activity upon dying. In those moments, they seem their memories in a dreamlike sequence. I don't know if they put someone in like an MRI thing and like was able to figure that out because how do you know what person's, I mean, they had to have like, what did they do, Kelsey? I don't know, bro, but I don't know how they figured that out. <laughs> but that's crazy to me, and I believe it. I definitely believe it. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, dying, yeah, you can die instantly on, like, a gunshot, like, boom, instant impact, but your body still has so much it has to process. I don't think it can die, like, that quick. You know what I mean? Um... um this one, the pain from being ignored is not an overreaction. The feeling has similar chemical effects as to that of a physical injury. Hence, your brain handles rejection like it would physical pain. Bro, <laughs> I thought this was only me, but being ignored hurts, bro. Like, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I'm about to cry. Wait, let's check if it's my left or my right. No, I'm kidding. No, but that ass, that's like a really sad feeling. Like, I don't like being ignored, bro. That, and I thought it was because, like, growing up, someone in my life used to ignore me. I'm not going to throw my family under the bus, but someone in my life used to ignore me when I was little, growing up, um, to this day, but, bro, I'm over it. I'm an adult, but literally, when I got older and I would, like, talk to guys and stuff, and let's say someone would ignore me, I would be butthurt, and I didn't understand why I was so hurt, which, like, I know it has to do with my childhood growing up, too, but... There clearly it's the same as physical pain. So that makes sense. I bro, it takes a while to get over that. Um, um oh, this one's really cool. It's uh more of a mental um 
illness one. It says local culture is one of the factors that affect hallucinatory voices. Um, For one, voices in the U.S. sound harsh and aggressive, whereas schizophrenics in India and Africa hear more mild and playful voices. And y'all, that's so crazy to me because it's so true. Like, um, Like, they have the same condition, but they grew up with people who spoke in more mild and playful voices. And in U.S., we're like, we're aggressive, bro. I was recently started watching, um, like, London London YouTubers. And they were like, it was like this speed dating thing. And then this girl came in. She was from America. And they were like, oh, you're American. Like, oh, let me not try to do that accent. They're like, you're American. And they, it was obvious, bro. She was rude. I mean, obviously her accent. But, like, we be rude. And it's not even, like. I didn't take it as rude until the London guy, the guy from London, like, mentioned it. But I'm like, yo, she is kind of, like, very blunt and rude. But I was just watching, like, ha, 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 because I'm, I'm American, so I'm not thinking anything of it. But it did, I could tell the difference between how he was speaking and how she was speaking. But when he mentioned it, I'm like, yo, we're rude, bro. But he, knowing that a schizophrenic person, um, someone with schizophrenia, hears voices differently depending where they're from that's so crazy because that just shows how much like cultural conditioning how much our culture um really shapes who we are as a person like as a living person so that is really interesting and crazy fact um this one's kind of funny because I've always heard this about Paris um getting your hopes up too high for Paris could give you a mental health disorder. So mainly Japanese people suffer from Paris syndrome, a psychological disorder caused by disappointment from realizing that Paris is not what they expected it to be. But literally, y'all, I had a friend that went to Paris. She's like, bro, it's just not all that. It's low-key, really dirty. Like, the tax is, like, crazy high. It's, like, in, the, like, the teens. Um, It's just not what it's all meant to be. Like, it's low-key, not that cute. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And there's like a whole mental health disorder. Um, so Japanese people really be wanting like Paris to be this glamorous chic, you know? But it's just like, oh, concrete and a tower and fashion. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I've never been to Paris, so I can't even say, but I've heard from someone I actually know that it's really not all that it's made up to be. Um, and y'all, this is my last fun fact of the day. I feel like I've bombarded y'all with so many fun facts but sarcasm is signs of a healthy brain so i'm one healthy ass person bro because sarcasm is like my second language um they say people who could instantly use sarcasm in response to a trivial question have healthy minds moreover those who could understand cynicism well are also good at reading people's minds everything your mind says has an equivalent reaction to the cells in your body oh oh so, like, if you're more, like, no, it has an equivalent reaction to the cells in your body. So, yeah, like, if you're more playful, more sarcastic, your cells are going to be more, are more going to react better, I'm assuming. Um, but the, that last sentence, moreover, those who could understand cynicism well are also good at reading people's minds. Not that I'm a mind reader. I'm not saying I'm psychic, y'all. But I understand cynicism very well, the dark humor side of me. Like, I understand it, like, very quickly. Um, and I feel like that uh, helps me connect with people a lot better than, like, most people I know. Like, a lot of times people are kind of, like, 
oh, you picked up on that about them? I didn't get that. And I'm like, no, I definitely picked up. Not that I can read their minds, but I'm a very, like, ener- good energy reader. I can pick up very well on what's going on. I'm, like, a very good read-the-room type of person. Not 100% of the time, but I feel like I, I understand cynicism so well. That is a very good correlation. So it makes sense, y'all. Um. So that is... All of my fun facts, my psychological fun facts. I'm going to end the show now with the dream of the episode segment. I might rename these. This is just my first episode, y'all. I just wanted to get this out here. But I had this crazy dream. It's crazy because I had it last night. And it just, it was very mind-boggling. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, I was like in this school... The way the play, the way the dream played out was like I was in this school, and like it was almost like I I go to this school. It was felt like I went to this school, but I'm I, I, I t- technically didn't go to this school, but it was a school. Let's just say that I, I it felt very familiar in my dream, and it was weird because it's like when you would leave the bathroom, it had like a note, like a paper. It was like this like grin, gringy looking paper with like a sharpie right in written with a sharpie and it was like make sure you turn off the light when you leave the bathroom so like that first part of the dream it's like it was almost like my brain was like showing me like and making me feel like you've been here a lot of times this is like your everyday day-to-day whatever so then fast forward the next part I'm like with my mom in the school and she's like leaving the like we're leaving the bathroom and I'm like oh mom like make sure you it was weird because she like was the like the janitor of the school I don't know but I was like with her and it's funny because when I was younger I used to go with my mom used to clean like offices and I used to go with her when I was younger um but it was like I was this age like I was 23 at this point I haven't my mom stopped cleaning offices years ago and I haven't went to work with her in so many years like I was probably still in high school when I used to go with her but it felt very like oh I was just at work with her but it wasn't like a typical like she never cleaned schools but Basically, I was like, oh, mom, turn off the light. Like, they make, they tell us to, like, make sure we turn off the light. She's like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, whatever, whatever. Because she, like, was used to cleaning it. So, who knows? She probably said it because she was going to go back into the bathroom, whatever, whatever. So, we're leaving the bathroom. And this man, um, he's like, oh, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, of course, your type of people, your kind would leave the light on and not disregard it. Like, of course, your type of people, like your kind, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sir, who are you talking to? Like, it was very much racial profiling. And I'm like, and now I'm like in defense mode because I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, don't be talking to me and my mom like that. Who are you profiling right now? Because at the end of the day, it's a light. You don't know what we're doing here. Mind your bit. He was very much a Karen. <laughs> he was very much being a Karen. And I'm like, first of all, don't be racial profiling me. I don't know what that, those type of people or what type of person you're alluding to, but don't be talking to us like that. Like, no. Um, and it was just really weird. So and then the next part of the dream, um, I'm like, now I'm like in school, I guess the next day, I guess. I don't know. And then like me and my one friend, we're like laying down in the in the middle of a class. And my other friend's like sitting at her desk. And 
I'm like telling her like, guess what happened? It's like me and my mom, blah, blah, blah. And like my other friend's kind of talking to us too, but she's just kind of like listening because she's like in her actual desk. And she's like, I'm like telling them like, yeah, like he was racial profiling us, blah, blah, blah. And then my friend's like, well, I need to tell you what your cousin did um, yesterday when we had went out, like what he said to my friend. And I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? Like, I'm trying to tell you about something that happened to me or you're trying to like, throw my other family member under the bus it was almost like what are you trying to say what are you getting at and then the dream ended and i just like woke up and i'm like what the heck why did i have that dream so now i'm on the lookout for that friend because why are you acting like that in my dreams no i'm kidding um but that dream was just very interesting because it was a lot of different parts of my life like me just being in this environment and then it's like me and my mom like it was like a throwback almost of like how I would feel when I would go to work with my mom but then it was like someone judging us off of like what we look like which is very real in America and then it's like I'm telling friends about it but then they're like trying to like almost side with the person it was a lot going on with this dream. Okay, so it says, dream about someone being rude is unfortunately a warning for a fear of letting go your old self and making some space for the new you. Your subconscious is trying to make you aware of solution to a problem. There is something that you have stored away but are now ready to use or express. Your dream denotes you may be looking for some form of approval. You're rushing into things and approaching them too hurriedly or sloppily. Someone being rude signifies crossroads crosswords directed at you or aimed towards someone you feel that you are unable to hold your own or stand up for yourself you don't understand where others are coming from and feel that their perspective is skewed the dream states your cold and frigid feelings you're looking to shield yourself from some emotional hurt someone being rude in dream is about your emotional needs or appetite you are stuck in a routine where you are doing things by rote you need to better direct your feelings and express it in a healthy way this dream is sadly someone who is anal-retentive whatever you are striving and aiming for may not be fulfilling and even harmful to you so what I kind of get out of that and the dream that I had is kind of like I'm in a space in my life right now where I am letting go like I am intentionally letting go of my old self I'm intentionally becoming the person I've always wanted to be these past couple years um and I don't necessarily consciously I don't really feel the fear like I'm that's kind of a lie because for example I've been like working out more that's something I've been trying to do for so long like ever since I graduated high school I used to play sports all through college I would try to work out I could not be consistent bro the things I was doing it was just I was not gonna be consistent but there is things like when I work out now I my minimum is uh, three times a week but there's times where I'm like doing like for example upper body workouts and I just like no I can't I just stop like upper body workouts I just can't y'all but I stop and it's like and like even when I was doing like workout classes beginning of August I felt myself fearing like doing the workout as my best ability but those are like small examples of like feeling fear of like being my best self and actually going full force to it like I feel like I haven't that's one part of my new letting go of my old self I haven't like let myself fully die like diverse myself into it so um yeah, I need to make space for the new me. And like, even the way those people were coming at me, it was just kind of like, back in the day, I would kind of let those kind of things slide. 
not slide yeah no yeah slide like i would let them slide and i would just kind of be like uh whatever blah 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 but like that's something that i need to let go of on my old self is like i need to speak up for myself and when people are being rude when people are just like just playing on being rude i need to stand up for myself um someone being rude yeah, it says you feel that you are unable to hold your own or stand up for yourself. And that's how I used to feel in the past. But I feel like, yeah, this is just showing me I need to stand up for myself. Um, you know, I have to let go, shed the old. Um, it says dream about someone being rude indicates your current condition of poverty and misery. You are unsure with how to proceed with your life. Some task or project will never be accomplished unless you do it yourself. Um, the dream draws attention to your desire to get away from certain restrictions or rules. You have literally lost your mind. Someone being rude draws attention to your inability to meet your obligation and fulfill your goals. You're becoming too arrogant for your own good. There's a situation in your life where you will need the cooperation and assistance of others in order to achieve a common goal. The dream points at a lack of understanding. You are forcing yourself to deal with your subconscious emotions. And that's one thing I learned about dreams is a lot of times... Um, it's really important to like just even even if you're not even if you don't feel like it's a deeper meaning within like your day to day, it definitely is a meaning within yourself and your emotions and what you're suppressing. Um, and yeah, I feel like in this time in my life, I'm like job searching. Um, I don't know what route, route I want to take. I'm working in marketing. I was working in marketing, but I'm like, do I want a career change? Do I want to stay in marketing? I really don't know what I want to do with this job search thing. Um, so being unsure with how to proceed in my life, I definitely feel that. Um, yeah, this like read me like a book. Honestly, this part, honestly, all the parts is very true. Um, my inability to meet my obligations and fulfill my goals. Like even what I said about my working out, like not being able to do my upper body workouts. I'm not fulfilling my goal of like going ham, going into my workouts and really doing what I need to do. Um, you know, and then just remembering that the assistance of others, for example, like just asking for help, the simple thought of it is hard. <laughs> but then also the assistance of others of like finding a job, like, you know, going through these interviews is freaking anxiety ridden for me. But I, you know, that's working as a team within these interviews and doing what the best I can. That's a part of it. So, ooh. I didn't even think that dream was going to dig that deep. But yeah, y'all, majority of the times your dreams are about subconscious emotions. Even when they don't make sense, search that up and you're going to see. You're going to see. You're going to see the background. But thank y'all so much for listening to our first episode. Hey. Um, You know, it was a great first episode. I'm so happy I was able to be here um give you all some psycholo psychological fun facts and yeah i can't wait for season um, episode two so stay tuned um to find out and learn more about psychology and psych and just being human period and we out <laughs>